worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, we shout out your praise.
was redeemed, only beauty remains, and my orphan heart was given in me, and my morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance, when death was arrested and my life began. Oh, your grace washes over prisoner no more, and my shame was a ransom faithfully He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. When death was arrested in my life began, oh your grace so free washes Darkness rejoices though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested in my 
Children's Church, all the kids meet Scarlet in the back, and I'll be there shortly. Okay. I've got a couple of announcements. Um, I know you saw in the bulletin where I was listed as far as wanting to do a float for our church. It's been a really long time since we have done that uh, in, in, our, in, in our Christmas parade. Um, so it stays there just right after church. If you have a couple minutes run up here, anyone that's interested in helping out. Um, I know I've got Angel and Samantha is going to help with that. Um, doesn't matter what age, infant and up, we can use you all. Uh, another thing that I wanted to talk to you about real quick is um, I am a part of the beautification committee here in town, and we are going to have an event on December 15th at our old community house. Um, also along with that, we're going to have a Christmas light contest in town, so and announce some winners that night. Any of you, we'd love, you know, light up your house. We've had a really rough time since the tornado in our town, so we're just trying to bring some joy and some unity to our town. Um, along with that event, we have several different vendors and things that will be in there, but our church is going to participate, our youth group, I talked to Aaron Riddle, in a popcorn booth. So I don't know if he's talked to them about that yet, but anyway, <laughs> they're going to do it. Anybody that wants to help them, um, you know, I'm sure Aaron can use all the help he can get. Um, we'd appreciate that too. And like I said, just a short meeting right after church. I know we have food, but it won't take but just a minute. So that's it. All right. All right. You're going to pray. All right. All right. Is that all? That's it. Ready. If you love this guy like I do, give him a round of applause. <laughs> That isn't fair. We love you. Thank you. Pastor's Appreciation Week, month, year, whatever it is. <laughs> Minute. Yeah, we love you always. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much that you've given us this opportunity to be here this morning. Lord, I thank you for this man as he stands before us, Lord, and for the guidance that you give him. Lord, that, you, that he looks to you 
for guidance on how to lead this church and his flock. And Lord, I believe that he is truly a man of God. It's after your heart and after ours. Lord, it's not always easy to listen to what he has to tell us when we know that we're doing wrong. But Lord, we appreciate his encouragement, his guidance, his leadership. Lord, I thank you for this church, for the many blessings that you give us, for watching over us, keeping us safe. Lord, as we come in here this morning, that we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. And that when we leave here, that we would be an example to the world that you've given us to be in charge of. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. All right, thank you, James. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Just one verse this morning as we are approaching, obviously, toward the end of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 13, 17. Just one verse. There's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements. If you'd like to use that, this one verse will be on the screen, I think. Uh, there we go. Obey those who rule over you. And be submissive, for they watch out for your souls, as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Just leave that verse up there a second. Uh, obey those who rule over you. They're watching out. Anybody that's a leader, they're watching out for your soul, uh, and they must give an account. So I'm going to kind of take those two thoughts and let the leaders who are over you do, do it with joy and not with grief, okay? So uh, I'm going to actually take this almost backward from what uh, you might think. The opening screen, the title page, what we call it, you saw a teacher in, in front of her class. So typically I would immediately think of, okay, this is talking to those who are under a leader, under leadership of some kind, and it certainly is. To obey those who are in charge of you. What's that mean? Are we talking about church? Are we talking about work? Are we talking about school? Are we talking about home? What are we talking about? Which one of those are we talking about? All of those. It doesn't make a distinction. There are leaders in every area of life. And it would be real hard for me to go through the crowd and pick out someone who is a follower uh, and not a leader of, in some way. And I need you to think about that. It goes all, I mean, it, even two friends who you wouldn't think of as a leadership position, you know, just two friends. But generally, almost in every relationship, somebody is leading the other. Somebody's influencing, somebody's, I'm not going to say in charge, that's not what I mean. It can be that. There are followers in all of us, and there are leaders in all of us, and we'll get back to that. The verse, I do agree, was typically written, first thing I go to is those who will, must follow. And so you're, we are to obey those who are in charge of us. We certainly are. Obey those who rule over you in any place, in any way. Okay, government, church, school, whatever. Obey those who rule over you. And because, and, and let them do it with joy and not with grief, and that'll help you. Okay? 
I'm not going to stay there very long because I actually want to take the other side of that coin. I want to talk about those who lead. But those who follow, like me, there are people in charge of me. And, I'm, and I need to, the best, as the scripture says, as much as is within you, live at peace with all men. As much as is within you. So as much as I can, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey and be submissive to those that the Lord has placed over me. I'm going to try my very best to do what they say. That's the godly thing to do. The problem with that, isn't it? The problem with that is that our leaders don't always do a good job of leading. They don't, they don't always do the godly thing. They don't always do the right thing. And so it's a struggle. Look, it wouldn't be in the Bible. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be any need of even saying it if it wasn't a struggle. Okay? And so it's in those areas that we struggle in that the Bible gives us direction. So if I was in school, I'm going to do the very best I can to do what the teacher asked me to do. Some of you who are teachers say, would you repeat that? All right. For if I was in school, I'm going to do the very best I can to do as the teacher asked me to do. If I'm at home, if, you know, I'm going to do the very best to do what my parents ask and et cetera. At work, the, per, the people that are in charge, I'm going to do the very best I can to do. I don't always agree with what they say. I don't always agree with the decisions. But we're supposed to do the very best we can to be submissive to them. God's in charge of all that. Okay? All right. Now, let's take the other side of the coin. For some reason, I want to concentrate on this. What if I'm the leader? There's a follower, follower in me, that's for sure. I've got people in charge of me. But I'm a leader, too. What if I'm the leader? Obey those who rule over you. That's for people who, you know, are supposed to do what the leader says. Because the leader watches out for your souls. Okay? And they must give an account. So gonna, that's the two things I want to take. The leader watches out for that person's soul. I'm going to, uh, I agree, a lot of leaders don't look at it like that. Watching out for people's, if you're a leader, this is what the Bible says. You are watching out for the souls of those who follow you. I want you to get how important that is. And all the way down to even, even maybe things we don't think of as leadership. If you are an influencer over anyone. The Bible says you are watching out for their soul. Most people on, most of, the, most of the leaders I would think on jobs, they don't really think about that. But I want all of us to think about that. If you're a teacher on the job in our church, a parent with children, with grandkids, you're a leader. If you've got a good friend that you're trying to lead, trying to help, you're watching out for their soul. Okay, next screen. Here's what I want to key in on. Project or people. When we're leading people, uh, when we're leading people, a lot of times we're, we're trying to get a project done. I'm, I'm leading a group of people to get a project done. Okay? Now the Bible says that the leader is, is watching over the people's soul. I want you to, I want you to uh, uh, see the difference between project or people. And so much of, of what's going on in our country, it's about the project. 
And the people are just a tool, you know, to get that project done. And we think, uh, we think a leader is doing a good job if he gets the project done on time, if he gets the project done well. And the people are just tools to get that done. But that's not what the Bible says. Is it project or people? If you're a leader, you're in charge of the person's soul. It's the person. It's not the project. It's the people, not the project. Okay? And don't ever let the people become a tool. It's real easy for me, real easy for me uh, in the leadership role that I have to, to, you know, to work on a project that we've got going here at church. You get this done, and, you know, and, and I need you to help, and it's all about getting the project. And I forget that you're a person, <laughs> and it's not the project that's important, but the people. Don't want you to forget that. Don't worry about the project. Yeah, but people are dependent on me to get the project. Don't worry about the project. When God's in it, when the Holy Spirit's in it, don't worry about the project, okay? Don't worry about, uh, does it come out right? It's the people that's important that are helping with the project. One of the best messages I ever heard John Maxwell preach years and years ago, a long time ago. He was preaching to, he was speaking, he wasn't preaching. He was speaking to the National Booksellers Association. So he wasn't preaching at church. It wasn't spiritual. But he was speaking to the National Booksellers Association. Now how boring and dry could that be, you know? So he's speaking to them and, and he said, and he told them, he said, your, your business is not books. Your business is not selling books. Now, the people in the crowd were saying, well, yeah, it is. This is the National Booksellers Association. You know, that's what we do is sell books. He said, no, no, your business is not selling books. Your business is people. And there are people who write the books and people who uh, bind the books, people who produce the books and ship the books and get on the shelves and they sell the books. Your business isn't books. Your business is people. When it comes to the end of time, when we come, when we stand before the Lord, he's not going to ask anybody in the National Booksellers Association, how many books did you sell? You know? He doesn't care about books. He doesn't care about buildings. He doesn't care about all the stuff that we produce and that we make and that we use people to produce and we use people to make. Jesus did, you know, you're going to know what I mean here, right? Jesus did not die for books. Uh, some, I used to say when we ran a bus, if we're not careful, church becomes all about uh, buses, buildings, and budgets. But church isn't about buses, buildings, and budgets. And there's a lot of bees in there. Church isn't, a, isn't about that. It, Jesus didn't die for buses and buildings and books and budgets. But people. And we forget that sometimes in our effort to get the project done. That it's not about. So whatever business that you're in, whatever's going on uh, in, your, in your world, it's not... 
projects that are important. God doesn't care about that, but it's about people. Uh, next screen. People are not a, a means to an end. They are the end. If you're uh, baking a cake, your children want to help, what happens right there? Is it a, Now, I'm... Uh, I've never baked, this is embarrassing, I've never baked a cake in my life. Maybe I'll die with being able to say that. I'll tell you this, I've never watched the full episode of Friends, okay? I'm not going to. Now, I've got a son-in-law, I've got two son-in-laws here. You know what my son-in-law said? When me, when you're laying in ICU, we're going to ask the nurse to turn on Friends. I've never baked a cake. I'm not against it. If you're baking a cake and your children want to help, is it now the project? No. Now it's the people, right? It's, it's changed. Uh, parents, train your children. We're not raising children. We're training them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he was old... He will not depart from it. So train your child. So we're not, it, it went from the project of the cake to now it's the person. People are not a means to an end. They are the end. Okay? It's not about buildings. It's about people. Okay. Next, uh, on the text, we go from they are in charge of your souls to now they are accountable. Accountable and under authority. I'm going to put one verse on the screen. Luke chapter 7 verse 8. Accountable and under authority. I need you to pay attention to this one. There's a man, a centurion who came to Jesus and he had a servant, a slave, not a child, not his wife, a slave who was sick at home, suffering, some in torment. One, one one translation said, the slave is at home in, in torment. So you would think of as a slave as not really being all that close to this man. But so slaves in torment, the centurion sends to Jesus, said, you don't even have to come to my house. If you'll just say the word, then I believe that my slave can be healed. And Jesus talks about, man, I haven't seen so, so much faith in all of Israel as this centurion and his sick slave. Come to my house. You, you don't have to come to my house. Just say the word, okay? That kind of sets it up. Here's what the centurion said. A centurion is an officer in the Roman army. And obviously by the name, right, he's over 100 men. But there are, are officers in the army that are over 1,000 men. And there are generals in the army, and there's one general in charge of everything and everyone. And then there's an emperor in charge of him. So the centurion is way down the line. Now, under the centurion are 100 men, and there are some that are over 10 men. So he's somewhere, you know, in the middle. And he, he's speaking to Jesus, come and help my servant, for I, I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. 
Look at that first line. There's a lot here if you'll read it closely. I'm a man under authority having soldiers under me. I'm a man under authority and I have authority. I'm a man under authority and I have authority. He's accountable to someone else and he has a hundred men accountable to him. He's accountable to someone else and he has these men accountable to him. He's accountable to someone else and they're accountable to him. When you're a leader, those under you need to see that, that you're accountable to someone else and you're doing a good job of that. This, the centurion, I'm assuming, he was such a popular man. He was doing real, real good. He was doing a good job of being the soldier that's accountable to the next man that's in charge of a thousand. Because he answers to him. And then that man answers to a general. And then that man answers to the emperor. And so up the line it goes. And so the centurion's accountable to someone else. And those 100 men under him are watching that. And so that makes a difference on how they respond to him. You're not a leader because you say you are. You're not a, you're, you're not a leader because you've got the title. If I have to tell you, you do this and you do it because I'm the pastor, that's why I cease to be the pastor. Right? You're not a leader because you say you are. You're not a leader because you've got a title somewhere. That doesn't make you a leader. People see it. People feel it. People smell it. And they watch, they're watching you. And they see that you are accountable to someone else. And you're doing a real good job of that. And so that helps them be accountable to you. They're not going to do it just because you say so. They're not going to do it because you really want them to, you know. They got to see something in you that comes from somewhere else. In the home, for instance, the Bible says, uh, wives honor your husbands. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. When a wife sees that in her husband, it's easy to honor him. But if the husband says, ah, you do it because I say so, I want to ask Tony Bird, how well does that work? You're right. You do it because I say so. You do it because the, the, the Bible says I'm in charge. No, the Bible says you love her as much as Jesus loves the church, then you're in charge. And if you love her as much as Jesus loves the church, you're never going to say, do it because I said so. <laughs> and I'll tell you, man, it ain't going to work anyway. Do you see what I mean? When she sees in him when she sees Jesus in him, she's going to honor him. 
But when she doesn't see Jesus in him, she, it's going to be a struggle. I am a man under authority, having authority. And when those under me, when those that I'm in charge of, when they see that I'm answering to an authority way beyond me, they want to do. I, I have a friend who uh, was pastor for years. He had a deacon. Whenever my friend who was pastor, he had, uh, when he would make a decision or say, let's do this or let's do that, he had a deacon who would honestly ask him, did Jesus tell you to do that? Did Jesus tell you to do that? That's an honest quick question. That's a good question to ask. Did, did Jesus tell you to do that? If Jesus told you to do that, then I'm going to do it with you. If Jesus told you to do it, then I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to follow that. But I've got to see that Jesus told you to do it. I'm a man. You get that? I'm a person having authority, but I'm under authority. When a class at school sees their teacher under authority, she's a, he, uh, she is, he is a godly person, and they love me. When students in a class see their teacher as a godly person, and they know that that teacher loves them, they're going to do what the teacher asks. When people in church, you, you, you see, well, where does that work? Everywhere. There, there's nowhere it doesn't work. But they've got to see in you that you love them and that, that Jesus has spoken to you, that, that the Holy Spirit is leading you. You're not just doing this. You've talked to God about this. You're not making this up. You've talked to God about this. Okay, if you're a leader, talk to God about it first. Spend some time with Jesus about it first. People, I cannot explain it. I cannot, I don't know how they do it. People have an intuitive sense if you're just doing this on your own. You, you remember Shorty Hargrove? He said, Brother Darrell, when you open your Bible and you read the first verse, I can tell. You're either on or you're off. That's, that's what he told me. I can tell you're either on or you're off. Yep. He's absolutely right. I don't know how he knows. But he's not the only one, right? People have an intuitive sense that Jesus is speaking, that, that God's at work. That's what, that's what you want. That's what you want. So you spend time with the Lord, and then you spend time with people. But it's not about projects, is it? No. Jesus didn't die for projects. He died for people. That's who we are to reach. And he's given almost everybody in the room a leadership role of some kind, or you will have, Someone that you lead, someone that you influence. Let the Holy Spirit deal with you, and then you lead them. And they'll tell the difference. They'll tell the difference. I'm going to ask you to stand. Band's going to come. This is our prayer time.
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know that you can come and pray about anything, anytime. No problem about that. But I'm going to be a little more specific this morning. I'm going to ask you to bow your head if you would. Two different ways, I, I guess. There may be somebody on your heart that you are friends with or that you lead. You may have a child a grandchild, somebody in your Sunday school class, somebody in your class at, at school, just a good friend, you're burdened about them. I, I hope you do. I hope you've got somebody in your life that you're burdened about. You're burdened about them. And you need to come and pray for them. I, I want you to. But the other part of that is, Lord, you know, I, I do have somebody in my life I'm burdened about, but I need to pray for myself. I, there's some things in my life that I need to change. And I'm still burdened about them, and I'm trying to reach them. But, you know, the Holy Spirit's showing me some stuff about me that needs to change. And I'm not going to be able to help reach and change them until I change me. And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit's changed me, but he's not done yet. It's a work in progress, isn't it? It's a work in progress. He's still at work changing me, and he's still at work changing us. So you may need to come and pray for someone. You've got someone just burdened for. I want you to. And you may need to come and pray for you, someone I'm burdened for, but God, help me, help me to reach them. Then I, then I want you to. Whatever the need may be, someone you both as they play and sing uh, we invite you to come to an altar and pray to make you high with 
whispers that same old lie. Keep all your pain inside, because no one will understand the last thing this lost world needs is someone I'm trying to be. The truth that will set me free is I'm just a broken man loving my Jesus showing my scars telling my story of how mercy Loving my Jesus 